It's time for Bible College by Radio, brought to you direct from the campus of African Bible College. Of the mighty Red Sea, and he said, I believe you, put your trust in me. And now for today's lesson, let's join Mrs. Nell Chinchin. Welcome to Bible College by Radio. Today in our lesson, we're going to see more about Ruth and her obedient faith, in Ruth chapter 3. But before we begin our study, we have Bill Jala, one of our African Bible College students with us, and I'd like for him to share one of our letters from a good friend in Nigeria. And this letter reads, Dear Reverend and Mrs. Chinching, Greetings in Jesus' precious name. I praise God because I know all is well with you in the college. I thank God for his mercies and for the fact that we have no farming of God's holy word, as your lesson said will come in times ahead. I praise the Lord for your lessons and the Holy Spirit that has taught me a lot through Bible College by radio. It is very nice to know that God's love can move people to spend most of their time preaching God's word through all sorts of media. I pray to God most fervently to uphold you and your ministry, and that each day may bring many more souls to Christ because of your devotion. I am one of your corresponding students, and believe me, it gives me great joy to study the scripture with you all, and put down the answers in the free course booklets I have been sent. I pray that God will bless you and keep you in all your ways, just as Mrs. Chinchin prays for us at the end of our lessons with these particular words. Keep up with God. Work more fervently in these last days. God bless. Jesus cares. Well, thank you, Bill, for that fine letter from Nigeria. Augustine Davis is here, and we have another letter to share from Nigeria. Dear Reverend Chinchin, I am writing again to express my sincere gratitude for the Word of God over the radio as I listen to your programs. It gives me confidence, understanding, and a brighter hope each time as I listen. Thank you for all you put to make the broadcast a reality. May the good Lord continue to prosper you all spiritually and materially in Jesus' name. Amen. Yours in Christ. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Augusta. And that is a very encouraging letter. And now, Bill, would you help us in our review of Ruth chapter 2? Yes, Mrs. Chinching. In chapter 2 of Ruth, we saw Boaz taking care of Ruth, making her satisfied 
And that reminded us of the way Jesus can satisfy us. That's right, Bill. We also saw that Boaz warned Ruth to stay close to the other girls who were working in the field for him. What did that remind us of? That reminded us of the way that a new Christian should stay close to other Christians so that Satan cannot get to them. We also saw, Mrs. Chinchin, that Ruth and Naomi really loved each other. That is an example of the way that a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law should treat each other. They should not always be making palava, but they should love and help each other. That's so true, Bill, and I think we saw, too, that Naomi was the one that made Ruth feel a part of her son's family. Oftentimes, the mother-in-law will not make her son's wife feel welcome in the family, and that is not good. All right, now, let's turn now to Ruth chapter 3 and before we do shall we look to God in prayer. Heavenly Father we come to you again today acknowledging our great need of you. We thank you that you have so created us that without your presence in our lives we are empty we're void we know that we have a need and we thank you that you can fill that need we would pray today as we study your word that it would meet the needs of many lives, of many of those that are listening, of many hearts that have a need today, Lord. May you meet it. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now open your Bibles again to the little book of Ruth in chapter 3. Now today we will continue in these studies in the book of Ruth. Those of you that have not been listening to Bible College by Radio, we're studying the book of Ruth right after Judges in the Old Testament. It's just a little book, but it has some very exciting spiritual truths for us. And as we've been looking into this beautiful love story, we have found that not only is there a very real love story there, but that this couple, Ruth and Boaz, are the ancestors of Jesus Christ. And so this is why this story is given to us. It is also given to us to help us to see how God works in the life of those who are outside of him. Ruth was a Moabite out of the country of Moab. She was not a Jewish girl and so was not a part of this family that God had chosen. But she was accepted into this family because of her marriage. Now together with this chapter, we need to read Deuteronomy chapter 25 Deuteronomy chapter 25 verses 5 through 10 as these verses will help us to understand it better now let me read this to you if a brethren dwell together and one of them die and have no child the wife of the dead shall not marry outside the family unto a stranger her husband's brother shall go into her and take her to him as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother unto her. And it shall be that the firstborn whom she bears shall succeed in the name of his brother who is dead, that his name be not put out of Israel. And if the man desire not to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go up to the gate unto the elders and say, My husband's brother refuses to raise up under his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then the elders of his city shall call him and speak to him. And if he stand to it, 
and say, I desire not to take her. Then shall his brother's wife come to him in the presence of the elders, and loose his shoe from off his foot, and spit in his face, and shall answer and say, So shall it be done unto that man who will not build up his brother's house. And his name shall be called in Israel, the house of him who has his shoe loosed. Now when a man died without leaving a son, his brother was expected to take his wife. The son of the dead man's wife would then be called by the name of her first husband. In this way, the dead man's family would not die out. However, the brother could refuse before the elders of the city to take the dead man's wife if he did not want to marry her. Now Naomi's husband, Elimelech, had died, and Naomi could have asked Boaz to act as her redeemer. But she was too old to marry again, so she suggested that Ruth should go to Boaz instead. So now let's look at chapter 3, and we'll continue in this story. So Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to Ruth, My daughter, shall I not seek rest or a home for you that you may prosper? And now is not Boaz, with whose maidens you were, our relative? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash and anoint yourself, therefore, and put on your best clothes, and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, notice the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And Ruth said to her, All that you say to me, I will do. Now we see here the obedience of Ruth. Now, we must be careful that we do not misinterpret what Ruth is going to do here. It's nothing bad. It was one of the customs of that day. It was one of the ways that a woman had to let a near kinsman know that he had the right to proceed with the legal steps necessary to exercise his responsibility. You see, it was the responsibility of the closest relative to take care of the widow of a near relative. Now, Naomi had put away thought of marriage for herself, but she wanted to provide a home for her daughter-in-law, who had so lovingly followed her. And this plan, suggested by Naomi, may seem a little strange, but let us remember that as far as Naomi knew, Boaz was the next of kin. Now, we shall see later that he really wasn't. Now, this kinsman is called the Redeemer, or Goal. Now, what does it mean to redeem something? To buy something is different from redeeming something. You know that Jesus Christ redeemed us with his own blood. Sometimes we say he bought us, but actually he redeemed us. You know, you can go down to the store and you can buy one radio. You buy the thing, correct? But if a rogue comes and he steals the radio and then he comes to your house and he says, Oh, I will sell you this radio for $10. Now, here the radio had been yours to begin with. And because you want your radio back, you give the rogue $10 and you get your radio back. You have redeemed the thing. You have bought back what was yours to begin with. And Jesus Christ redeemed us. That's what this word redeem means. And so Boaz is called the Redeemer. Now because it was the duty of Boaz to marry Ruth and to raise up seed for her family because her husband had died. Now, in sending Ruth to do this thing, Naomi had to be certain that Ruth would not do any kind of bad, bad thing. But she was not that kind of frisky girl. Naomi trusted her. She wasn't sending her there to do something bad with a man. She was sending her to follow the custom of that day so that Boaz would know that Ruth was available. 
We're even told that this custom still prevails in Palestine, that the owners of the crop will sometimes sleep on their threshing floor, lying with their clothes on and their feet covered with something like a lapper. But Ruth obeyed her mother-in-law's orders. All that you tell me to do, I will do it. And so she went to the floor, and she did just as her mother-in-law had told her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of a heap of grain. Then Ruth came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Spread your wing of protection over your maidservant, for you are next of kin. Now Ruth is coming to this man, Boaz, for protection. She has approached him with humility, lying at his feet. And you know, you women, you are to be protected by the man over you. There is plenty talk today, you know, about woman's liberation business, about the woman wanting to do her own thing, and that they don't need any man to be over them. But my friend, this is not correct. The woman was made by God to be protected and cared for by the man. A young girl, before she is married, her father should be her protector. He should watch over her. And then after she is married, then her husband is to be her protector. He should put his wings of protection over her. You know yourself, and I know, that if a young man, if he knows that a girl's father is watching over her, he will be mighty careful how he treats that girl. Not so? If a young man goes to some girl's house, and her father's there, and no brother there, no father there, no uncle there, no man over her, he thinks he can treat her any kind of way, because there's no man to take care of her. And so, you girls, you do well to stay under the protection protection of the man over you, whether it's your father or your uncle or your brother, and then un under your husband after you are married. Whoever is over, the, over you, let them protect you. That is why God has put them there. And God himself spreads his wings of protection over us. Oh, we read in Psalms, I know many of you know this beautiful psalm, Psalm 91, uh, beginning in verse 1. Let me read this to you. It gives us such confidence in God's protection over us. And this is what Boaz is going to do for Ruth. He's going to be her protector. Listen to this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, 
neither shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the serpent thou shalt trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And so Ruth goes, and she tells the man, You must protect me. You are my next of kin. You must take care of me. Spread your wings of protection over me. And he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have this last loving kindness greater than the former, for you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. You see, Boaz was not a young man, oh, he was getting old. And here this young girl was coming to him to show that he could marry her, for he was a next of kin. And you young girls, take notice now. Don't always go looking for those young frisky boys. And then she says, Now, my daughter, fear not. I will do for you all you require. For all the city of my people know that you are a woman of strength. It is true that I am your near kinsman. However, there is a kinsman nearer than I. And so Boaz says, I'm not the correct one. But remain tonight and in the morning. If he will perform for you the part of a kinsman, well, let him do it. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman for you, then, as the Lord lives, I will do the part of a kinsman for you. Lie down until the morning. Now Boaz is telling Ruth to stay there and wait until the morning. He wants her to wait until he can go to see the next of kin, the man that has first choice over him. And so she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize her. For he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the floor. Now you see, Boaz is already protecting her. He does not want to spoil Ruth's name by having people talk about her coming to the threshing floor at night. And you know, you girls, if a man is a true gentleman, if he is a true Christian man, he will be very careful to protect your name from any kind of embarrassment. You can spoil your name, you, you girls, if you let boys come to your house and no one be inside the house and people can see the boy come and people can see the boy go and I say they can talk, talk, talk and they can spoil your name. You must be careful. You only have one name and when your name is spoiled, it is finished. You must not let your name be cared about and people saying all kinds of bad things about you, caring news about you. And so, if you're going to have young men come to your house, make sure you have someone there. Someone there with you, so people cannot talk. And so, Boaz was looking after Ruth's name. And if you have a young man that cares anything about you, do you think that boy wants to spoil your name? He will not. Especially if he is serious about you. If he wants someday for you to be his wife, you think he wants a mother of his children to have a mother whose name is spoiled? He does not. So when a boy shows he does not care about you, how he treats you, how he is to you before other people, then you can be sure that that boy is not serious about you. He's just wasting your time. Someone has said, you must not only keep a good conscience, but keep a good name. We must avoid not only sin, but scandal. 
And so it is important that a person's name is not spoiled. And then we read in verse 15 that he also said, Bring the mantle that you're wearing and hold it. Bring the lapper now. So Ruth held it and he measured out six measures of barley and laid it on her and she went into the town. Now she brought her lapper and he filled it up with a grain and then he put it on her head. Now such kindness he showed to her. Just like God himself supplies all our needs, even without our asking. So Boaz was looking after Ruth. And when she came home, her mother-in-law said, How have you fared, my daughter? And Ruth told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, He gave me these six measures of barley. For he said to me, Do not go home empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, Sit still, my daughter until you learn how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he finishes the matter today. Now, let us look at this picture story of Ruth and Boaz as a picture of Jesus Christ and the person outside of Christ being drawn by the Holy Spirit. Now, as we see this story unfold, we see Boaz, a picture of Christ. First of all, showing all the thoughtfulness, all the kindness, all the consideration to Ruth. Demonstrating the compassion of Jesus Christ. Jesus has never sent anyone away empty that comes to him. Can you imagine coming to the feet of Jesus and looking up to him to take care of you and have him turn you away? He could not do it. All those people that were following him when it came time for them to eat and they had no food, did he turn them away empty? No, he did not. He fed them, all 5,000 of them, with bread and fish. Even as Boaz cared for Ruth's physical needs, Jesus cares about our physical needs. He will not turn us away. But notice now when Ruth said to Naomi, Sit still, my daughter, she is giving us a picture of the necessity of waiting on God. She is saying to Ruth, You don't have to worry now. The matter is in the hands of Boaz. He will take care of the thing. And the same with us. When we give a matter to God, He will take care of it. He will take care of the matter. You don't have to do anything but sit down. And you know, my friend, after we have moved out in faith to demonstrate before God that we really, sincerely desire to follow Him, then He will take care of the rest. We only have to sit down and He will do all that is necessary to finish up the work for us to become a child of God. Now Ruth had done all that she was supposed to do. Now she had to wait. Boaz would undertake this matter and he was going to handle it carefully. And surely we should trust God. We should cast all our care upon Him, knowing He cares for us. We need to learn to be still and to let Christ, our close kinsman, our Redeemer, we need to say only to Him, Lord, I'm looking up to You. In Isaiah chapter 3, verse 7, we read, Happy are all those who earnestly wait for Him, who expect and look and long for Him, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and chariots and horsemen because they are very strong and do not look to the Holy One of Israel or wait on the Lord. 
And so all the way through scriptures we see that it is God's will for us to sit still and lift up our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help is in the Lord who made heaven and earth. And oh, in this beautiful love story, we see Ruth being told by Naomi. Now remember, Naomi is a picture to us of the Holy Spirit indwelling the Christian, encouraging and teaching to sit still. You who are mature Christians, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, as you go out and seek your Ruth, your young convert, the person that you can win to Christ, the person that you can show the way to Jesus, even as Naomi was pointing Ruth the way to Boaz, are you teaching them correctly? Are you showing them the right way to be? Or are you teaching them the wrong way? Are you training up disciples that are going to be so full of busy, busy work that they cannot sit still before God? Are you teaching these new converts to wait on God, to sit at His feet, to learn His Word, to be patient, to wait for Him to do the work? Or are you teaching them that they must go out and be busy, busy, busy and take no time to wait on God? Oh, I hope that as you lead your Ruth, as you train up that new convert to Jesus, that you are teaching them the right way, that you are leading them in the right direction. Remember, they will listen to you. They are watching you. What kind of ways are you teaching them? What kind of ways are you showing them by your life? You know, a young Christian, a new Christian, can get very discouraged if they see these people that claim to be Christian running around, busy, busy, busy all the time, and yet they cannot see any kind of real relationship to Jesus Christ. They can become quickly discouraged. Oh, they had much rather see you on your knees than doing some kind of busy work that they have watched people doing for many years in the world. For people to be busy, for people to be active, for people to be doing something all the time, going here, going there, this is nothing new. But when they see you sit down and be still, sitting at Jesus' feet, then they will know that what you are teaching them is different than what, what the world is teaching them, and you will be training up the right kind of bride the right kind of bride for the bridegroom for Jesus. Oh, my friend, today, what are you teaching your Ruth? Are you showing her the right way to live for Jesus? Or are you showing her the wrong way? Are you teaching her as did Naomi teach Ruth? Sit still, my daughter. Sit still, my daughter. Oh, may you, as you teach your Ruth, teach her in the right way. Sit still, my daughter. Sit still at the feet of Jesus. Well, thank you, friends, for listening to Bible College by Radio. May God bless you and keep you in all your ways.